Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to the Fuck It Up Comedy Club podcast, fuck buddy. I'm your host, Kima Bob, and you are now tuned in to an unapologetic celebration of comedians of color who aren't cis men. This is an opportunity to hear dope stand up from incredible comedians and get to know them a little better. Now, on today's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Michelle DeSwart, Jamie McGrath, and Esther Menito. These are incredible women on and off stage and I'm so glad to be able to share them with you. Now since this is a celebration I asked each of them to share a moment with me where they felt fucking incredible and you know I had to kick it off with a little example of my own. Recently um, I was like trying to chill out on like dairy and meat and sugar because they fuck with my gut and my skin. And I want to say that it was mostly about my gut, but I'm just tired of having adult acne. I'm 28, what the fuck is going on? Um, And I find that like sugar and dairy really fuck with it. And I've been staying away from them and I've done like such a decent job. And I would say over the past week, say if I was able to have a delicious dessert uh, 10 times, I have had it, you know, like eight and a half. And I just think that that is improvement and that that is fucking incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. Skin just smooth like a baby. One and a half dessert less. It's magic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I've got a steam tent and I really love it. I bought it off Amazon. It's really steam amazing. Steam tent? Yes, a steam tent. It's 140 pounds. What does that mean? It's, a, it's like, you know, like a steam tent that you use in the gym, but it's like an actual little tent and it's got a little steam thing and you put it in and you'll never use one in the gym again because it's a giant petri dish. Your turn. Go on. Oh, shit. Wow. I remember when I was trying to, uh, because I was so determined to tell the story of my grandmother and my mother, because those, they they had a very hard life under the British. And uh, I wrote my memoir and I sent it to like 100 publishers and they Mm. all were like, um, would you like us to give you one mass rejection? Uh, just like one every week. <laughs> and I was like, one every week, please. And, yeah. and one, one of them wrote to me, uh, you know, advice, you know. She was like, dear author, it is unlikely anybody would ever want to read this story. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. And uh, so when my book was published, I sent an email. I, I mean, I wrote an email. I haven't sent it to her. Just to literally say... It's published and people are fucking reading it, okay? Yeah! Yeah! That's incredible. Congratulations, man. That's so cool. Motherfuckers are writing books and shit. This is very serious. Um, Esther, would you mind sharing a moment that's fucking incredible with us? Oh, it's a bit wanky. Is that all right? Yeah. I thousand percent. This is such a... If I was a bloke, I'd just be like, yeah, this is everything I did. But when you're a woman, you're like, yeah. oh, God. Um, Guys, <laughs> I, I cleaned my fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've done something. Um, so my 
was um, when I was booked to perform at Dubai Opera House, and I was the f and mm. because I was an Arab uh, female comedian, but I was the first ever female comedian they had to perform on that stage as Jesus. an Arab woman as well. And it Jesus. meant that the but it meant that the venue was then filled with a lot of Arab women, and we yeah. fucking rocked that night, and it was brilliant. Yeah, oh my god. celebration of comedians of color who are not cis men. That was excellent. Uh, I'm Kima Bob, your host, and I'm so happy for the performers that we are going to bring onto the stage in this show. Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, but first, I just need to, like, level with you guys. And I'm so sorry. Um, I just need to share something with you. Um... <laughs> I feel so vulnerable right now. Um, I just don't know if this is an experience that maybe you've had. I don't know if you can relate to it. Um, but have you ever been at your house minding your own business um, when something random happens that reminds you of someone you completely forgot about but definitely fucked? Is that, has that ever... Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I just want to, because I didn't know if it was just me. Um, because as Megan Thee Stallion says, um, if, if the dick wasn't slapping, then the shit didn't happen. And just get that sometimes. Um, I had a moment the other day. I was listening to some music, doing some Mad Men, uh, when I heard this uh, song that came on. And it just, you know, sometimes like songs will send you back. Do you know what I mean? And it sent me back to like 2015 and I was like, wow, this is crazy. And I was like, also, why is this song, this non-sexual song making me a bit horny right now? Um, and I was like, oh my God, because you were listening to this song when you were fucking Jake. And I was like, oh my God, you fucked Jake. Oh my, you fucked Jake. Oh, what does Jake look like? My God, wherever Jake is in the world, I hope Jake is well. Um, it, was, it was an interesting time when I was fucking Jake, you know? I call it FJ, it was an era. <laughs> AD, BC, FJ. That's how it goes. Oh, I just moved to LA, and I don't know if you guys know about moving to a new city, but um, making new friends is uh, tough because you need mutual interests and trust. Um, but if you're lonely, like, finding someone to fuck is easier because you just need a phone. <laughs> so it was back in the day when Tinder was tending. Um, and, you know, like, Tinder was tending. Like, there were no bees around. Nobody was bumbling. Okay? Nobody was pretending to be doors. There were no hinges. <laughs> Nothing was hinging. Tinder was popping, and I hopped on there, you know, landed on this dude, Jake, and I was like, you'll do. Um, and so, like, FJ, F FJ was just an interesting period. We went out to a dive bar. It was gross. And uh, <laughs> we sat across from each other, chatted a little bit, and I was like, 
you're cute. You want to get out of here? And he was like, you're direct. And I was like, yep, so we fucking? Because, uh, like, as a woman, it's important that I speak my mind. Uh, <laughs> so we left. Uh, classic story, you know, the boy meets girl, they bone. Uh, that's essentially what happened. We boned. It was, I can only describe it as mediocre. Um, it was very mid it was very mid-sex, which is probably why I don't remember it. <laughs> it wasn't slapping. It didn't happen. <laughs> but what was cool about Jake was that uh, he was also a weed dealer. Whew. And this was a time. In FJ, I was S-dub. Smoking weed, baby. It was incredible. I felt like I just tripped and landed on a gold mine that had horrible penis, but excellent kush. <laughs> Oh, it was so great. So, morning after the fuckathon, uh, he gave me some weed, which is nice, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just leave with the clothes you were wearing. Um, and so, me, me and my kush, we hit the road, baby, and I was, uh, I was driving, uh, and I, I got pulled over, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I'm a black woman in America. Ah, no. I was like, oh, I probably smell like weed right now. Definitely smell like dick. Oh. Um, and uh, the cop like rolled up to my window and I could see him in my rear view. He was walking like really stern, like, mm, mm, cop walk. Um, and what was weird was as he approached my driver's side window, I just saw his demeanor change. Um, and that's when I found out that white privilege is temporarily sexually transferable. It's science, look it up. Uh, <laughs> because he walked up to my window and he looked at me and I was like, oh no, it's a cop. And he was like, hey. And it was like he couldn't, like, it, was, it was like he detected just the aura of white dick upon me. It was insane. Um, it was really weird. And it was, like, it was like he didn't smell the weed on my breath, just like the cum of a comrade. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like a, a comrade, if you will. Comrade. Just a fuck it up podcast, hashtag comrade. Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. That's very silly to say. Um, uh, white privilege is not sexually transferable, and uh, not being a dumbass is not sexually transferable either. Uh, do you ever, like, this is not comedy, but do you ever meet someone, a person of color, who has a white partner, and then their white partner says something, like, super ignorant, and you're just kind of like, you didn't train your dog before you brought it? <laughs> you didn't train your dog before you brought it out of the house? The fuck? You're pissing on my carpet with your comments. Anyway... Um, I'm so excited for the comics that we have on. Later, you'll hear from Esther Manito. You'll also hear from Jambi McGrath. Incredible comics. But first, it is an honor to welcome to the stage Michelle DeSwart. Now, you might recognize Michelle from Stuff, okay? <laughs> Great stuff. Um, and I would like you to just clap, like, real light. Just really light, like a door, but like you have the tiniest little hands. I'm the tiniest <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, just a little clap. <laughs> and I'll 
give it a big clap. Ooh! As we welcome to the stage, Michelle Desoir! Hello! Oh my gosh! Hello, everyone! Kima Bob. Oh, multifaceted, multi talented. Kima Bob, writer, stand up comic. Drag king, presenter, actor, which is the minimum amount of talents you need to be a black woman on TV in this country. <laughs> Thank you, Kima. <laughs> now, can I tell you guys a humiliating story? That's what we want in it. The humiliation. All right, it's a new story, but it's an old story, but I haven't told it before. So here you go, right? It's 2008. Yeah. Remember back then? Kanye West just brought out flashing lights. Lil Wayne just brought out a Millie. Mary J. Blige just brought out the track called Just Fine, which, now when I think back to it, what a fucking great title. How are you? I'm just Fine. <laughs> the Sex and the City, the first movie had just come out and we were excited. <laughs> it, was, it was wicked, right? 2008, I was still fit as fuck. Oh my God, I'm all right now for my age, but it's not the same. 41 now, do you know what I mean? Back then, I was nice. Oh, I weren't even nice, I was nice. Mwah! Oh my God, do you know what I mean? Me, in my 20s, do you think I'd be up here dancing like a fucking idiot trying to make you lot laugh? Never. <laughs> Never. I wouldn't even line up for a nightclub. I'd just walk past all the ugly people. Like that. Ugly, 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 ugly. Get to the front, that goes your name down. I go, have a look. And around 35, I was like, I'm going to have to start working on my personality. <laughs> and here we are. So, 2008, I'm living in New York, right? Because I'm better than you lot. <laughs> I just, I'm living in New York and I used to be a model. Obviously, I don't do that anymore. That ship has sailed. Sometimes people are like, oh, Michelle, you don't model. What did you do with all your model money? I'm like, I sniffed it. To this day, I still lie in bed sometimes and one nostril whistles, just... <laughs> and I think, you could have been a house. <laughs> so, it's 2008, I'm living in New York, I think I'm the shit, right? Now, I had two best friends and we would do everything together. We were like the three musketeers, thick as thieves, right? Now, one of those friends, it was her birthday and she grew up Jehovah Witness, so she never really celebrated birthdays. And on top of that, her birthday was on the 2nd of January, so... <laughs> A moment of silence for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that is come down week oh my god right so her birthday was coming up I was like oh my god what do you mean like well, you've never had a birthday party she said no I said I am gonna throw you a little birthday party 
right? So I went and bought some little dips, you know, like hummus and carrots and do you know what I mean? Like little, little nibbles and stuff. I bought a birthday cake, but more importantly, big fat bag of MDMA, <laughs> right? I wanted a guaranteed good time. Now, in 2008, MDMA was under a huge rebrand and was being called Molly. Now, for those of us that spent the 90s off their nut on mutsa bushes, giving strangers head massages, when it used to be called E, all right? We're really excited about this new rebrand. We were like, oh, Molly, go on then. <laughs> so I turn up at her house and I bring the goodies, right? And we have a great time. Then we go on, me, her and her, our other friend, we go bar hopping. Right? And I'm thinking to myself, we're going to spend the whole night together. Do you know what I mean? So we go on all these little bar hoppings around Brooklyn. And uh, by this point, I'm fucking smashed. Right? Now, it gets to about 2 a.m. and everything starts to close. And I turn around to her and I'm like, what are we going to do now? Now, you know, ladies, when it gets to 2 a.m., and everything's shut, and you go, what are we going to do now? At that moment, a German businessman will appear from dry ice. <laughs> I said, why don't you come back to mine? <laughs> and you'll be so fucked, you'll think, yeah! Why don't we? Great idea! So I suggested that to my two mates, and they both went, no, we're going home. And I said, oh, I'll come back with you. And they went, nah, together. And at that moment, I realised they'd been fucking... I felt massively betrayed. First of all, why didn't you bring me in? What, you, try, you don't want this? <laughs> Secondly, I was like, oh, right! But I was fucked, right? So I said, I was fine, you guys go. And uh, I really felt I had a connection with this German businessman. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, me and you connect. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it might have been the MDMA, right? <laughs> So, I go back to his house. Now, typical Brooklyn apartment, tiny, all right? Tiny little studio. Yeah, because he was a graphic designer. <laughs> the modern-day equivalent would be a white guy from Hackney with a soggy willy who rides a fixed bike, okay? And, like, loves artisan pizza. But it was 2008. We weren't there yet. So, I go back to his house. It's a one-room apartment, right? A studio, little kitchen, sofa, bed, a cupboard, which I imagined had a toilet in it, right? So, we're chatting. One thing leads to another. Then I'm straddling him on the bed, right? Now, this I thought, everything feels nice. But you know when you're high on MDMA, to be honest, it could have been touching my little finger or my pussy. All, all felt lovely, right? <laughs> So I'm straddling over him, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that moment, I was like, I'm going to be sick. You know the vibes. I was like, this ain't good, man. Sat up, went back down, sat up again, and I was like, oh, it's happening. But luckily, there was a window next to the bed, so I quickly pulled open the window and threw my guts out of the window. Now, all of those dips, yeah? All of those hummus and dips and whatever. So that was kind of the end of that session, right? I go to sleep, all is fine. I wake up in the morning, he wakes me up and he goes, look, I'm going to work. <laughs> I'm going to work, but you can stay here as long as you like. I was like, wicked, thank you, see you later, I hope I never fucking see you again. Bye! 
I wake up about two hours after that, sit up, look out of the window, and that sick, because it was January in New York, had expanded, okay? And it basically looked like a giant cauliflower head. And I was like, fuck, I cannot leave this here. It almost opened up the window a little bit. So I thought, right, I'm going to get some boiling water. Right, I'm going to heat up the kettle because they don't have electric kettles there, the fucking psychos. So I heat, I heat up a kettle and I try to pour it on the sick so it melts off the windowsill, therefore destroying the evidence, right? And I did this a few times and it worked, right? I was like, oh my God, amazing. Okay, cool. Thinking, okay, now I've got to work out where the fuck I am, as in location. And at that moment some man sits up on the sofa <laughs> and goes, in a British accent, are you all right? I was like, how long have you been there? He's like, all night. You're from London then, yeah? I was like, he just continued the conversation I'd been having with the German guy. I was like, so you've been? He goes, yeah, didn't uh, so-and-so mention it? And I was like, no. He goes, yeah, man, my name's Tim and I'm from Putney. I was like, what? <laughs> So, then Tim starts trying to chat to me, but I was just looking at him like, no, bruv, no, no, no. And he was like, you know, I've got a day free because my friend's at work. Maybe me and you could go for brunch. And I was like, absolutely fucking not, right? Got dressed, left the apartment, and I was like, I actually don't know where I am, right? I've got no idea where this guy's place is, and I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get home from here. All right, so I leave his apartment, and I'm like, okay, I've got a... This is before Google Maps as well, right? This is back in the day when the internet was powered by a little elf on a treadmill, guys. <laughs> so I leave his place, and I'm like, holy shit, man, I've got to work out where the fuck it is that I'm going. Go, all right. All right, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I know it's in Brooklyn. I see, I see a deli on the corner. I'm like, I'm going to go in there and get a cup of coffee. I walk into the deli. The guy behind the counter goes, Michelle! And I'm like, what? around the deli I'm like this is my local deli I lived one street away I could have gone home and the moral of the story is right if you're gonna go home with some fucking random first of all just check do you live closer because if you do just fucking go home man listen it's been an absolute pleasure my name is Michelle Deswalk So great, so good. Anyway, guys, um, the comic that I'm going to bring to the stage in a second is phenomenal. I really appreciate her style, her intellect, but also how unapologetic she is. Um, and I'm so excited to bring her to the stage. So, um, you, yes, you. You go in me, yes, you. You, with a hair like this. <laughs> Would you mind starting the applause with your tiny little hands? <laughs> As we welcome Jambi McGrath to the stage, your tiny little hands. And everybody, put your tiny little hands. Oh, so petite. How do I hold anything with these? Just a little claps. <laughs> and let's make them really big and go crazy. As we welcome to the stage, Jambi McGrath. 
my goodness. How are you guys doing? You all right? So I am from Africa. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Usually they tell us to fuck off, but... Uh, uh, I'll take that, I'll take that. So I look like this and I travel around the country and the audiences don't look like you. You know, this feels like home, man. You know, like I have to do this for loads of white people. So I always feel like I have to conform. I always feel like I have to say, guys, I'm a good immigrant. <laughs> I am trying so hard to be a British person. I now say British things like I beg your pardon before I push a lady off her seat. <laughs> And I was brought up with Christian values, like loving my neighbor. His wife doesn't know. <laughs> and uh, I have a white friend. <laughs> Another one, not Jesus. Uh, but my white friend, she's very nice. She was like, Jambi, come, let's go on a camping holiday. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Let me see, being in flimsy accommodation, sleeping on cold hard floors and going to the bushes every time you need a wee. That's what we call visiting grandma. <laughs> she lives in Croydon. <laughs> and uh, I, I popped into Waitrose today, not shopping, I just like the smell of money. <laughs> and there was a very posh woman in there and she leans over to a two-year-old and goes, darling, what would you like for supper? So I stopped to listen because giving a child options is a whole new thing to me. <laughs> Seriously, like my mother gave me options like, do you want food? And then she would give it to me and shout, don't eat everything. Think of all the obese children in America. <laughs> it works both ways. It works both ways. But seriously, like, what is all this hatred about immigrants? Seriously, like, this country needs to get over itself, right? Like, how can you colonize three quarters of the world and still have a problem with immigrants? <laughs> seriously. Oh, my God. Seriously, seriously. It's insane. And people are always speculating. You notice how they speculate about immigrants? They're like, oh, no, all oh, these immigrants don't integrate. I'm like, you guys need, need to calm the fuck down, okay? My husband is English. I integrate every night. <laughs> Sometimes I include him. Uh, <laughs> And yes, my husband is white and I'm black. Obviously, our children are gray. <laughs> and uh, we met when I was studying in New York. Uh, it was love at first sight. He spotted me from across the room and we fell in love. After two weeks, he proposed. Two, I know, two weeks he proposed and I obviously confirmed he had a British passport. <laughs> You don't want to say yes and then find out on your wedding night he's from Bulgaria. <laughs> You'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wrong GDP. Sorry. 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 And uh, we decided to get married. And uh, uh, I was worried. I got worried because being in a mixed race relationship can be very problematic, you know. Because, like, my mother, she's a very staunch Christian. His mother is a very staunch racist. <laughs> but you know what, guys? Like, 
I didn't even know I was black. <laughs> Seriously, like, I, didn't, I didn't know this shit because like, I, was, I just grew up in Africa. You know, like in Africa, we are all walking around Africa thinking that we are just people. <laughs> Turns out we are black. <laughs> but we are not, though some of us are light brown, others are medium brown, others are dark brown. I guess it's easier for white people because you only have two shades before and after sun. <laughs> middle of a culture war. We have been told we are in the middle of a culture war, okay? But you know what? Race issues have been going on for a very long time. Even Hitler tried to create a super race. He wanted people with fair skin, blue eyes, blonde hair. Now you've seen Boris. <laughs> See, I have an idea for a super race, okay? Okay? They would have Mediterranean skin, so they never have to tan. They would have Indian hair, because it's fabulous. They would have an African ass. White privilege. <laughs> That's basically Meghan Markle. <laughs> what? 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 I am team Meghan, okay? But you... Seriously, you, but you cannot tell me that she's fucking a royal dick and not have privilege, okay? Seriously. No, I, I am Tim Megan. I do. I do. I, I, I do. Honestly, I do. But, I, you know, I, I, like, I need a royal dick. That's what I'm looking for, okay? Okay, my dick is from uh, Liverpool, okay? <laughs> Seriously, just a little bit south. I'd have been sorted. Seriously, seriously. But uh, I'm from Kenya. And Kenya was a British colony. Woohoo! <laughs> I know. Like, seriously, like, I do that joke, I say that, and people are like, woo! I'm like, you guys have got no fucking clue what you did, okay? <laughs> and actually, Kenya and Britain went to war. You don't know about this war because we won. <laughs> uh, okay? <laughs> like, I said this at a gig, and honestly, a woman at the front said, it must have been a skirmish. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I know, it must have been a skirmish. I'm like, seriously, it was serious. You know, fighting with a superpower, they brought bombs, okay? And all we had was our machetes and mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> and we still won, you know? We still won. And do you know like how Kenyans won uh, the War of Independence? And it wasn't that long ago. Uh, it's basically because our colonizers loved drugs and fucking. That's all they did. I swear, look it up. All they did was take drugs and fuck. And it's really difficult to fight when you're mid-shag. <laughs> With all the natives yelling, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. <laughs> Seriously, seriously. So like my dad, my parents actually grew up in Kenya during the Mau Mau uprising. Uh, have you heard of the Mau Mau uprising? Oh, just a few people, yeah. Uh, basically, this is when Kenyans rebelled against the British rule, okay, because it was undemocratic. <laughs> and uh, so my dad was actually a hard man. He was very hard on us. When we were naughty, he made us kneel down for punishment. When we went to church, we had to kneel down for confession. When my husband got on one knee, I whacked him on the head, said, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> so when Kenya was a British colony, black people were not permitted in white areas. Zebra crossing was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And you know what's so weird though? Because like, you know, like the British came to Kenya, they found us going about our business and they said, you lot, no homosexuality, okay? And we were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> we have no idea. And can I tell you a bit of a background, okay? My great grandmother had four wives. <laughs> not one, not two, not three, but four fucking wives, okay? <laughs> she died of exhaustion. <laughs> They also found that we were polygamists, okay? And they automatically assumed that African women were oppressed because what they saw was one man with his five wives. What we saw was five women with a handyman living in a compound. <laughs> a handyman that did all of their chores then gave them a happy ending. <laughs> Seriously. But you know what's so weird though? It's because like, I, in my head, I find it so difficult to compute like how, like that. Because then, like I know white people, including my husband, I cannot visualize how the colonizers got, because they were assholes, okay? You have to be an asshole to go to somebody's country and take their shit, okay? You have to, but they were audacious, I have to give you that. They were audacious. Like they would turn up anywhere in Africa, find an African going about his business, and they'll be like, take me to your leader at once. Can you imagine if I turned up at Heathrow Airport and went, take me to your leader at once? <laughs> British people would be so confused, they'll be like, I am so sorry, there's currently no leadership. <laughs> so, I decided to write a memoir about my family under colonialism. My grandmother, my mother, they were wicked. And I am selling my memoir, come and support me. Uh, at the back, at the end of the show, is called Through the Leopard's Gaze. Uh, thanks very much, my name is Jumpy McGrath. Good night. Through the Leopard's Gaze, honey. Another round of applause for Jumpy McGrath. Swell. Audience. Beautiful audience. Um, I have one more comedian for you tonight. Are you ready for her? Yes. I said, are you ready for her? Ah, yes. oh, the make noise, whoop, cheer, clap, and thrust for Esther Manito! Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Uh, I kid you not, I, I wasn't going to tell you this, but last time I saw Kima, we were acting in a sketch together for ITV2, and I had to play her gynaecologist. And I spent three hours nose to her vag, right, for three hours, and she just kept leaning around going, by the way, <laughs> I'm holding in a fart. <laughs> You're welcome. So, I know a lot of you are looking at me thinking, sorry, why has an Essex chav just got up onto the stage during this Femmes of Colour? What, uh, what part of the umbrella does she come under, under the Femmes of Colour? You're all getting your little charts out like, oh, what is she? <laughs> Chilled cinnamon. I'm British Arab, right? I'm British Arab, which means I'm half English, half Arab. My mum, she comes from Gateshead up in the northeast, and my dad, he's an Arab man who comes from the war-torn country, Lebanon and in the Middle East. And a lot of people have asked me over the years, they're like, Esther, what on earth did a woman from a council estate in Gateshead have in common with an Arab man from war-torn Lebanon in the Middle East? <laughs> Violence. 
Yeah, both all right with violence, yes. No problems there, fuck me, honestly. But I'm born and raised in Essex, as you can tell, uh, by the old accent. I did have somebody come up to me after a gig, and they were like, oh my God, your accent makes you sound like a chav. I was like, fine, fuck you. I'm a chav and I'm an Arab. I'm a charab. <laughs> Insane. Insane. I love the shit that people say to you after gigs. It's mental. I once had this guy come up to me after a gig, and you can always tell, because they're always dragging a teenage daughter who's, like, super, you know, liberal and on it, and they're just going, shut up, Dad, shut up, Dad, don't say it, don't say it. And the dad's like, no, no, she'll love it. She'll love it. No, she can't. She won't be able to get enough of it. No, she'll love it. And this dad comes up to me, I kid you not, and he went, excuse me, excuse me, sorry, sorry, can I just say something to you? He said... We were, we were just saying... Where, where, oh, no, where's she gone? <laughs> we were just saying, we were very surprised to hear you say that you were Arab because we didn't know that you could get a semi-attractive one. Now, you know damn well I should be offended by the word one because that is racist, but instead I just walked away going, semi-attractive. Semi, no one wants to be told they're semi-attractive. That's fucking shit. Imagine you getting doled up for a night out, right? And your partner comes downstairs and you're like, how do I look? And they're like, semi-attractive. <laughs> nearly there, nearly there. We're getting there. We'll be all right. And then, honestly, I was doing, <laughs> I was doing this one gig and I went on stage. And I went, my, my father's side are from the Middle East. And a man, very confidently, just went, oh yeah, Manchester. So, no, sir, of the world. <laughs> a lot of the political decisions recently are making a lot of sense, I have to say. I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm super proud of it. I fucking love it. You know, being half Arab means I've got the hair of 13 women, which is brilliant. Sweating like a bastard under it, but I fucking love it. You know, eyebrows of eight geezers. You know, these, these are like kryptonite down in Essex now. People are paying money for this shit. I got it naturally, right? Absolutely brilliant. Yes, the eyelashes, the hair, the eyebrows. Ah, yeah. Comes with a downside, though, obviously, because it does mean my pubic hair doesn't end. Which is unfortunate. Because <laughs> you all think I'm in leggings. <laughs> Honestly, so hairy down there. Oh, God. <laughs> I think he just nudged her really hard because he's like, that's you. That's you. Get a fucking razor, sweetheart. Get a Honestly, I'm so... No, you can't be hairier than me. I'm so hairy down there. So much pubic hair. I've had two babies. Both of them were born with carpet burn. <laughs> Honestly, absolute nightmare. Nightmare. I've got an arse crack that looks like a Yeti trying to crawl through a cat flap. <laughs> I know. My husband's English, though. My husband's English, yes. Very English, my husband. Very, very English. I tell you how English he is. We've been married 17 years, had two kids, yet he still signs my birthday cards. Kind regards, Neil. <laughs> Hands off, ladies. He's all mine. <laughs> Honestly, his parents, right? His parents, every single year, will send me a Christmas card. Every year. Dear Esther, Merry Christmas, love from Robert and Pamela. In brackets, Neil's parents. I'm like, I know you, I know you. I birthed your grandkids, you're in my house every week, I know you. My mother-in-law's like, well, I don't want to assume you know how it is. 
I took old kind regards Neil back to Lebanon to meet the family, yes. Took him back there, yeah, I know, yeah. We went back to Lebanon, went round to my aunt's house and walked into my aunt's house and my aunt turned round to him and she was like, would you like a cup of coffee? And he responded, how all us British people respond to that question because we all say the same thing, don't we? We can't help it. It's ingrained in us. He turned round and he was like, only if you're making one. (laughs) No, don't go to any trouble. No, don't worry about me. You just sort everyone else out. I can sort myself out if I need to. No, honestly, don't worry about me. No, I shouldn't even be here. No, I'm just going to stand there and face the wall. I'm sorry I came. (laughs) My aunt's just there going, what does he want? (laughs) We're in Lebanon for one month with all my relatives too terrified to ask him any questions. They're all just there going, does he want food now? I don't know. Just put the plate. (laughs) Don't make eye contact. (laughs) Stupid man in my house. (laughs) Love it. Oh, he's the... He is the most reserved man you'll ever meet, honestly. When I gave birth to my daughter, so that was my first child, all right, I gave birth in a water... I had, like, a water birth, (laughs) because um, I'm a cunt. And um, (laughs) so I'm there, and I'm in the... No, seriously, it's amazing. (laughs) Right, so I'm there, and I'm in the water, I'm in the water, and my husband, he didn't know what to do with himself, and I, you know, fair play, like, he was like, well, I don't know where, I don't know where I'm at, and he's a very awkward man anyway, so I'm just there in the water, and I'm all like, and all I could see was just this little man in the corner, and he's just there, and he's, every now and then, he'd just come over and tap me on the head, and eventually, the midwife was like, can somebody give him a job, can somebody give him a job, he's doing my head in. He's doing my head in. So this midwife, this trainee midwife, she turns around to my husband. She goes, do you want to hold this sieve? (laughs) Now, this is a young crowd. So a lot of you are like, "Hmm, why would you need a sieve? So my husband's like, sorry, why, why why would I need this sieve? And the midwife turns around to my husband. She's like, well, should your wife, should your wife defecate in the water? Just use the sieve to sieve it out and give it to my colleague and she will dispose of it. (laughs) Yes, now the clapping for the NHS seems a lot more worthwhile. You'll all be out there like, you fucking heroes, you heroes. Right. So my husband's there, right, and he just looks horrified. I'm there in the water just going, I don't want to shit myself. (laughs) And my husband, he's just there, honestly, he's just there standing with this sieve over this, over this pool. And he just looked like the world's most fucked up garden gnome. Just waiting for it. Well, eventually, when I was going to give birth to my second one, right, we get the list from the hospital and they're like, here's all the things you need to bring to the hospital. And I kid you not, on the list, it genuinely said, this time you can bring your own sieve from home. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Who the hell are these people? What are they doing? Taking the sieve home, rinsing it off, inviting the family round to meet the baby, just there going, oh, by the way, that spaghetti bolognese that we served you. Well, well the sieve that was used, uh, it's got a very important part of our family history. So, do stay for the percentables. But the biggest difference, right, and I'm going to leave you on this, the biggest difference between Arabs and Brits is paying for bills at the end of a meal. 
That's the biggest difference between us. Because when I go for dinner, right, when I go for dinner with my English husband and my English in-laws, right, we'll go to a, a pub or a restaurant, we sit down, we eat, the bill comes. My father-in-law, he just puts his hand on the bill. She puts his hand on the bill and he's like, no, I've got this. It's my treat. I'll get it. And we all go, oh, thank you very much. That's really kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, lovely. That was a lovely evening. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it next time. Okay. All right. You don't care. It's lovely. It's very calm. Love you lots. See you soon. Don't care. When I go for dinner with my Arab side, right, we go, she's nodding, yeah. We go to a restaurant, we sit down, we eat, the bill comes, it is then a fight to the fucking death <laughs> between the men in the family over who's going to pay the bill. There are just forks flying through the air, blood splattering the walls, it's just hairy men screaming, it's like a scene from 300, yes, you know it, don't you, sweetheart, yes. My uncle will stand up and he'll be there and he'll turn to my dad and he'll be like, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you try and pay this bill? How dare you? This is an insult to my mother. How dare you insult my mother? My dad stands up and turns to my uncle and goes, Your mother is my mother. We share the same mother. How dare you say I would insult my own mother? My husband stands up and goes, No, 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 no. Let's not do this. Let's not do this. It's really embarrassing. It happens every time we go out. Everyone's staring. No, let's not do this. He goes, I've got an idea. I know what we'll do. I'll just get the bill, right? I'll I'll get the bill and I'll look at what everybody's eaten. I'll, I'll look. I'll look at what everybody's eaten and I'll divide it up and we can all just pay for what we've had. My dad turns around to my husband and goes, yes. And after that, we can all remove our penises. And that is some old school, old school toxic masculinity people right there. Guys, you've been delicious. I've been Esther Manito. Thank you so much. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey, it's me, Kima B, letting you know that if you like listening to us fuck it up in your house, if you like listening to us fuck it up in your car or on your train, you will absolutely love being in the room where it happens. We usually record our episodes in London in front of a live audience, and let me tell you, it's one of the most beautiful audiences I've ever seen, and I would love for you to join us. For more info, check out Fuck It Up Comedy on Insta or Twitter, or go to fuckitupcomedy.com. Help me welcome to the stage Esther Bonita, Jimmy McGrath, and Michelle DeSwan. Right. Welcome back, gang. Welcome back. Oh, have a seat, please. Come, come, to, come to my couch, please. Have a seat. I made these chairs myself with my hands. It was hard because my hands are so tiny. Um, guys, that was so incredible. Are you putting your hair up, Esther, so you can fucking breathe? Oh, God. I would pay so, pay so much money for that ponytail. Um, gang, thank you for coming. Thank you for donating your time and your energy. You're both really, uh, you're both, you're all really fabulous, um, funny, super successful, incredible, and... Two of you have fucking kids that you could probably be hanging out with tonight, so thanks for coming. Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Always uh, happy to leave them. Always happy to leave them. What the fuck are you talking about? We get to run away. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, yes. I too have never been pregnant. Um, (laughs) A bit of fun. I haven't. But if I ever uh, am, I will kill it. Um... It's a good reason to stay in England. Immediately, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. So bad, I know. Um, guys, I have a question for you. It's really important. It's really serious. Um, what are you horny for right now? Uh, I'm horny for cheese. Uh, Respect. Uh, yeah. And I'm also horny for the new season of Selling Sunset because I'm dead inside. Oh, my God. Have you seen... Have you guys seen Selling no, Sunset? No, I watch Real Housewives. You're a Real Housewives Does person. Does anyone watch that? No, just... Oh, just that person. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. Respect. But oh you've got to be specific. Is, is it just which me and you? Which yeah, one? Which I, one? Oh, I watch all of them. Oh. Yes! I'm an absolute psychopath. Yeah, I watch so all good. of them. Yeah. Oh. Uh, just one day, I just hope to have... I, I want to go to a dinner with the energy of Nene Leakes. Yes. <laughs> so it's going to be I great. I actually think a night out with her would be fucking epic. So great, honestly. Really it would oh. be, wouldn't it? And then you could just get... But I like Selling Sunset because I'm just like, oh, messy white women arguing. Yes. <laughs> it's calming <gasps> for me. I, it's just, do you know what? You know what? Okay. It's like bomb. I'm like, mmm. So good. Like, yes. To see them do it. And then they just keep wearing the highest heels. And you're just like, somebody's going to fall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I it heard sounds some gripping. It is. It <laughs> it's <honestly>. gripping. <laughs> if you don't know what Selling Sunset is yet, it is about these um, realtors in L.A. Um, and they work for these two tiny men. And um, they sell mansions for, like, millions of dollars. And there's this lady who, like, Christine, who her whole job is just to be a villain. And they wear, like, really gorgeous outfits. And then they're just like, look at this mansion. Um, And my favorite part about Selling Sunset is, like, every time they show someone a house, they bring them to, like, the best view. And then they go, can't you imagine just waking up here every morning? It's so good. I want to do that for myself. Like... (laughs) 
in like dating and just be like, can't you imagine waking up here every morning? <laughs> you know what came up, right? You're, you're so talented and amazing that in like, I reckon, I reckon in like 10 years time, you'll be going, come over to my amazing house in LA and then we can recreate that. And I'll, can't I'll, you? Yeah, can't you just imagine waking up here? Thank you, dude. Yeah, and I'll be like, yes, because I'm fucking staying and I'm never moving out. Thank you. Wait, can I can I tell you some tea that I heard? I heard that Christine isn't even a realtor. <gasps> None of them oh, are. Shocked. Are you alright, babe? It's reality TV. <laughs> are you sure? You let you in. Right? You let in right Seriously? then. Like, you made eye contact with me like this was gossip. I would fucking understand. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, Brandy is not a I don't know tortoise right now. And oh, I'm like, I don't means i don't know what that means me and you are grown here do we need to talk to this little baby kima about (laughs) what reality tv is you're like i love that you're like we're not even real realtors i'm like no are you are you telling me that all the events that they have (laughs) and the fights that they have at the events kima they've got writers wow This is uncomfortable. I thought that everyone else was a realtor but Christina. Well, I'm just thinking about my local estate agent. I swear he looks like a garden gnome and he's, he's very creepy. He's like jumping from behind the bushes. Are you selling your house? I, that's what I want Does to see. Does he just like hang around your hood being like, oh, property. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see these bitches yeah, in high heels. Yeah, walking around the Somebody really trying to move that land, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what hustling. I'm horny for. Oh, my God. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're horny for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Men that look like gnomes. <laughs> Men that look like gnomes that are ready to sell a house. Oh, God, will I ever own property? Existential crisis. Um, Esther, what are you horny for? I'm, well, I mean, I've been married so long that I haven't been horny in about 17 years, but... <laughs> Yeah. But what I want to happen more than anything yes. is me and that guy create a podcast and talk about nothing but Real Housewives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, is what I want. A thousand yeah. percent. He looks really sweet and happy, so he can be all like, "Oh my god, isn't this really good?" And I can just be the angry, aggressive one going, "Fuck him." It's nice to Fuck have a, a dynamic. Good yeah. cop, bad cop. Yes. Real housewife, even realer housewife. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can do. You can do the um, little jingle. Could I? Yeah. But just, I'll be like, dee 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 da me meow With my tiny hands. With my t- hands are so tiny. I just want to say that your impression of me earlier was spot on. <laughs> it was terrifying. I was oh. literally looking up your ass for so long. I was it like, was is, an, I was is there any way we can... No, just back to it. In front right. of her. Yeah. It was insane. Thank you so much for your professionalism on that day. And I was holding in the biggest fart. <laughs> and I wanted you to know because it was hard for me, but I, I did it for you. Because <laughs> I like them. Um, now, um, Michelle, you were in a HBO series called The Baby about like a demon baby. Yeah, so sick. And the baby's like obsessed with you. Um, I have a question. Have you ever spent that much time with a baby before? Was it a real baby? <laughs> I'm really worried that you don't know how TV works at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> they don't let me do scripted. They don't let me do scripted. Yes, it was a real baby. Yes, I have spent, um, like, a lot of time with kids and babies in the past. But to be honest, 
I ain't been paid for it, so this was the fucking sweet spot, babes. Oh, yeah, I mean? yeah, I yeah. Like, Give me that HBO money to soften the blow. A thousand percent. Yeah. It was so sick. Um, I, I feel like uh, whenever I've done like acting bits, like you're just on set forever, uh, and then they're like, go, or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah, did you fucking hate that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? uh, no, because no, the whole time, like, any time I got stressed, I just thought, Loads of money. Yeah, yeah. Loads yeah. of money. I just saw myself going into Pret and being like, all of that. Me, <laughs> yeah. hey, in my sandwich. Go on then. Good Go morning. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get all the club sandwiches, take out all the bacon, because I'm not about that. And just put all the chicken together and just fucking go on like Everything. a king. This is yeah. mine. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now I've been like, I've, yeah. I've been really cocky about it. I've been ordering Pret of, of Just Eats. That's who yeah. I am now. Yeah. That's who I am. Like a sandwich. I've got a kitchen now. Fuck that. Bring it to me. It's fucking yeah. huge. That's major. Yeah, wow. it and is. that's a great uh, mantra as well. Sometimes I'll like meditate and I'll be like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, life is peaceful and whatever is going to happen is meant to happen. And like, trust in yourself. Uh, but loads of fucking money. Loads of fucking money. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah that's wholesome. Uh, Jambi, you uh, you talk about like colonialism and stuff on stage a lot, and like we because we're in the UK, aka the um, <laughs> because we're in the uh, we end up performing uh, in front of like white people a lot because there are loads of them. You can't do anything about it. Um, um, yeah, and. I, how do you, like, hold your ground, do you know what I mean? And not, like, do you know what Because when I'm looking at a crowd, like, sometimes I feel, like, brave and stuff, and then I see that they're not on board, and then I try my best not to, like, back down, and I, I, I don't see you back down. I love it. Well, I just think, you know what, uh, all you have to do is to listen and be uncomfortable and sweat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You know, like uh, my grandmother, they have to do the real shit. You know, they had yeah. to do hard labor. So, sweetheart, you can take it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I have angered a, a few white men, and uh, they, they have taken trouble to come and tell me that uh, I, I should really just move on. <laughs> well, oh, you should get over it. <laughs> Seriously, you're still talking about the First World War, and I should move on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, they fucking love it. They love the World War. That's so real. And also, you like, uh, yeah, through the fucking Leopard's Gaze, huge shit um, about like a really tough experience, no spoilers, but you went from like basically fighting for your life to being like in front of us right now. I, I just like, is, is, would it spoil the book if you told me how you ended up being a fucking comedian? Uh, no, I don't think it will spoil the book. Uh, first of all, uh, when I was 13, my father attacked me and I walked all fucking night, okay? That was mm. pre preparing me uh, for basically life as a comedian. And it's like... Because <laughs> you, you, like, you were like, like left for dead, basically. Yeah, literally. So I woke up, uh, I blacked out, basically, and I woke up and I was like, oh, shit, he's going to get the axe to kill me. So mm. I just... Um, walked out in a Kenyan countryside and um, it, it feels a little bit like that when I'm doing gigs because I'm always driving around <laughs> in the night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except this time I've got a car and I'm not fearing for my life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I got into comedy because I've a long, long, long time uh, came to the UK and uh, 
I changed careers. I mm. went from IT because it was too exciting to... Uh, <laughs> I couldn't handle it. So I, uh, I, I, Esther, what you were saying is really fascinating. So I started working in childbirth, basically. Um, basically, wow. yeah, teaching men how to scoop the poop. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's basically... Yeah, uh, Kanye West actually has a song about that. Uh, oh, oh, Kanye. scoop. Stupidy poop. Stupidy whipty poop. Yeah, it's a... It's about childbirth. <laughs> People don't talk about it. Um, so how did you get into comedy? I got into comedy when my, I was on maternity leave with mm. my second one. And a friend of mine said, do you want to do a um, comedy writing course? And then you have to do a bit of stand-up at the end. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing the stand-up. But I'll go out. But I didn't tell anyone because my family really just disapproved. Mm. So I kept it a secret, and then my husband confronted me and was like, are you having an affair? And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm actually going like, to try and do some stand-up comedy. And he was like, would you rather just have an affair? <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be fair, there's a lot of similar, you know, walks of shame, self-loathing, humiliation, a oh lot of sweat. Um, yeah, dealing with a lot of dodgy blokes. But... Um, and then <clears throat> I, I did it then, but I carried on keeping it a secret from the rest of the family. Um, wow. And even after, you know, I mean, they're great now, but it took a long while. Yeah, so you can't keep it a secret anymore. You're on the Apollo, mate. Well, after I did the Apollo, my family were like, are you done now? <laughs> <laughs> Got it out of your system, sweetheart. I was like, okay, okay. Jesus cool, Christ. guys. Yeah. Oh my god, I love I'm really, that. Really proud. No, it's fine. No. <laughs> Partly why I do stand up comedy, just yeah. so that somebody loves me. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't need external validation. No, no, no. I'm no, good. it's fine. I'm, I'm totally good. fine. It's cool. I'm I just fine. keep uh, amusing strangers. It's fine. It's very fine. <laughs> um, and you're going up to the fringe, and your show's called Not All Men. Hashtag Not All Men. Hashtag Not All Men. Yeah, I just after. Want to ask, why, why you believe in Well, because so I get much? a lot of angry blokes. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of angry men who send hate to me. And, so um, good. They get very angry. Um, I mean, even after the Apollo man, he wrote, he wrote literally like a three-page email. It was brilliant. Um, but he ranted about how I should get back in my house and my poor husband and why should he listen to some woman rambling um, about not wanting to fulfill her domestic duties. Um, mm. But he ended it with, and P.S., you've got the worst posture I've ever seen. <laughs> Great. Which now I can't unsee. Yeah, yeah. So I now just look like Peter Crouch in a share wig, just like. It's insane. Don't come from my posture, mate. I know. Come from my. I know. Face. Come from my. Clothes. I just reply back, Don't going, "Yeah, posture. I've got bad posture carrying all that Apollo cash." Wow. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. I love it so much. Um, gang, I'm going to ask you something, and. Hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and ask you, um, if you could give, like, yourself, your younger self, some advice, what would it be? Like, I know it's actually kind of a sincere question. Um, but, like, yeah. I think if I even talked to myself, like, a year ago, I'd just be like, chill the fuck out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, you tell yourself to chill out. 
Yeah. Kima, you are the most chilled out person on the circuit. You're oh renowned for You're so chilled out. Oh my god. I'm neurotic as fuck. Are you? Oh just a just a little just a little ball. There was wow. a one time like last year, there was a time that I got so stressed out. I'm not good with stress. I don't like it. And there was one time last year I got so stressed out. Yeah, I was like approaching burnout. Don't do it. It's not fun. Uh, and I remember I was like doing some admin and I put my computer down and I looked at the ceiling in my apartment and I go, is this the dream? <laughs> I not feel just. bad for making you hold in that thought now. <laughs> well, I was like, it doesn't feel like the dream. Is this my life? It was a beautiful moment. It was really nice. And then oh, I wow. ran away to Portugal and people were like, oh my God, glamorous. And I was like, no, I was trying to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But like, do you care to talk to your younger self? Are you like, fuck her? Just... <laughs> I wish I could, but my younger self was just like so absolutely caned on coke that I don't think I would have got a word in edgeways. I'd have been like, I'm from your future. My younger self would have been like, yeah, wicked. Anyway, look, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I would have been waiting around so long that we would have met each other in the present day. Just like, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, ah, here we are. Oh okay, God. we're going oh to prep. Oh, yeah. oh my God, oh my God. Thank you. You're... What about you, Jambi? Oh God, what would I say to myself? Uh, first of all, enjoy your fucking youth, okay? Mm, <laughs> Seriously, because like when you're young, uh, you don't see it. Uh, and now I just want to be out clubbing every single night uh, mm. <laughs> rather than having sex in a missionary position every single night. And I'm like, mm. let me finish typing this email. Every night. Uh, that's what I was like. Every night, bloody hell. Fucking hell. My husband doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. He oh. thinks I'm out gigging. You know, seriously, just enjoy your youth. Being a like, commitment and stuff. And I love my husband and I love my kids. But you know, I just wish I did. I, I, I do. But I, I wish I was out doing what you're doing now, Michelle, because, uh, you, I mean, you know. <laughs> Get it high. Get it high because, like, no, I, no, babe, not anymore. I'm doing that for you. I'm still going out being like, yeah, let me go and get a bag. No, no, no. no. obviously. No. Look no. at me. Look how no. I'm dressed. <laughs> Is anyone going to be having me at their house party? I'll let me go to Hackley now and go and get know, on man. it. Seriously, no. sit cottage car, dude. <laughs> Seriously, like. I, 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 no, I can tell, I, I'm going to share this with you, okay? I only took drug, like, once. Like, just once I had drugs. When? Just, How much? Tell me the tale. Okay, now, uh, this one I was in New York, and uh, my friend Guy, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's how it always begins. Baby. <laughs> That's how it always begins in New York. Uh, yeah, I know. So my friend Guy says to me, do you want to go and see Big Johnny? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to see Big Johnny. <laughs> Big Johnny sounds like fun. Yeah, who so, the fuck is Big Johnny? Yeah. Is that code? No, he's not a code. That's it's a person. It's a person. A large uh, Johnny. Basically, he, he was a drug dealer with the etiquette of a housewife. Love um, that. I love that. Yeah, because like he baked all his goods. So like I, I walk into this apartment and I was so shocked by how cool white men are committing crime. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, yeah. this is it. And he says, would you like a 
chocolate brownie. And uh, I was like, oh my God, cake, yum, yum, yum. And he says, it's hush brownie. I was like, yum, 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 yum. He says, Belgium. And I was like, oh, I can tell all that genocide is in here. <laughs> yum. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Very nice. Secret ingredient. I was high for three days, okay? <laughs> I was high for three days. Uh, that's the only so story. Mad. That's the only story about highness I've got to give. Uh, very PG, my friends. Very, <laughs> very. You're like, and then I had, I was like, cooking? <laughs> you're like, no. There's a method. There's a method. That sounds yeah. relaxed. Yeah. I, like, I love very that. relaxed. I like, like, <laughs> I was like bacon, crack. Okay. No. That, oh, bacon soda. What? I got bacon soda. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. I love you so much. Another round of applause for Esther Monino, Michelle Desoir, and Javi McGrath. Uh, I've been Kima Bob. You've been incredible. Good night. Oh, I honestly cannot get enough of these people. Um, they're so delightful and you can find more of their work online. They're incredible and they each have projects that you can enjoy and support, including Jambi's memoir, Through the Leopard's Gaze. So please follow them and find them online. Um, and yeah, if you've liked listening to the podcast, tell a friend and share it um, because I want the Fuck It Up community to grow far and wide beyond London. You know, like I want people to be able to experience this wherever they are. So please do spread the word. And if you didn't like it, then, you know, um, I- I'm sorry. <laughs> the Fuck It Up podcast is brought to you by the Films of Color Comedy Club, the House of Guilty Feminist, and is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. And I just want to encourage you to be gentle with yourself out there because the world ain't always gentle and we can at least do ourselves that favor. I've been Kima Bob and you've been incredible. Next week, we back. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.